Welcome to another episode of We're Getting There. It's a podcast for people like us who are just works in progress. And if you've arrived somehow as a parent or a spouse or a human, this might not be the podcast for you. But as always, we'd welcome you to call in or to, to email in or whatever. And we offer this every week and haven't had a taker yet. But uh, this is for us. This is for those people who are just just uh, getting there. And so... Um, this week, um, we have an awesome episode. Uh, normally, we do kind of a little bit of a weekly catch-up, but I kind of want to dive right in. Um, this week, we uh, we have a special guest with us today, um, and his name is Josh Ward. Um, I actually had the privilege of serving with him on staff at a church. Uh, it was my first experience, and it was his second um, and he was the full-time student ministries pastor, and I was on staff as the worship pastor. Um, and he has a background in communication. He's married with one and one on the way. Children, I should clarify, one child and one <laughs> on the way. Um, and um, we both worked through um, very similar situations uh, at that time and have kept in close contact for, I'd say, the past three to four years. Uh, even though I moved away, a few states away. Um, and I, I feel like one of the key things that I can say is during that time, uh, I was working through a lot, a lot of serious emotional stuff. And he was always there to allow me to vent and he would listen and he would relate to me. But at the end, he would just always call me back to a place of trusting and resting in the Lord. And that's um, he's just been a very close friend to me and consistent and um, I'm just really excited to talk about a passion point of his today. So welcome, Josh. Thanks for being on our podcast today. Well, hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. You know, Justin, I was almost getting emotional at your introduction. Wow, that was very touching. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. Of course. Of course. Well, we, um, Melissa and I have, have known you and, and your family for a while, and uh, it was just uh, perfect timing to, to have you on. So I'd like for you just to, I'm just going to kind of hand it over to you. So um, just talk us through, we're going to be talking about, um, we're in this series kind of of communication, and we're talking about the value of vulnerability. So I'm just going to hand it over, just kind of give us a little bit of background on maybe even more on you and just kind of how this is all played in. Yeah, well, you know, you know, as far as my relationship with you goes, Justin, I'm reminded of the scripture that says a brother is born for adversity, and I know that um, God brought us together at a certain phase in life when we were going through some really difficult transitions, and, you know, I just remember you being a really great sounding board, you know, when I was transitioning in a, in a difficult season of life, and then you entered that same season a year or so later. So I'm really grateful for our relationship and uh, really proud of you guys for starting this podcast. When I heard about it, you know, my first instinct was to jump on iTunes and listen to the first episode, and I was mesmerized by how soothing both of your voices sound <laughs> at 8 o'clock at night. Yes. So yeah. you're, you're Thank you. You're welcome. You're both very uh, gifted for this avenue of communication. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this thing goes. But in terms of our conversation today, Justin and Melissa, I wanted to talk about 
the value of vulnerability and this, you know, the subject came to mind after I had heard what you were trying to do. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I've lived most of my life outside of the area of vulnerable. And, and if I could kind of tell you a quick story on what I mean by that, um, <clears throat> growing up in Nashville, I went to a church for about seven years, and for the most part, it was it was a beneficial experience. You know, I had a lot of good relationships. Uh, the church gave me an opportunity to serve and use my gifts, and for the most part, it was positive. But one of the one of the areas where I think the, the church struggled and it maybe left a negative impression on me was in this sort of altogether culture. Um. And what I mean by that is uh, just a perfect example is after every sermon, uh, the preacher would have everyone repeat this phrase, and he would say to the congregation, he would say, I'm too blessed to be stressed, I'm too anointed to be disappointed, and I'm sitting on top of the world with my feet hanging off. And Hmm. so, you know, we would say this every week, and I think that really permeated uh, the way we were to carry ourselves as believers and as and as members of the church, you know, we always had to come across as blessed, anointed. You know, stress never got to us because we were people of God, and uh, that's how I thought that I was supposed to live as a Christian. And so, from you know, from a very early stage in my development, I started to try to be blessed all the time, and I felt like I couldn't show people my weakness. I felt like I couldn't show people my sadness you know i felt like i had to come to church with it all together and and that's just kind of how i lived my life for those seven years and i can tell you that it was a very exhausting way to live both mentally and spiritually and emotionally every way you can think of it was very draining and i couldn't at the time i couldn't put into words uh i couldn't put into words why i was feeling so drained i just knew that something wasn't working in my soul so fast forward, you know, from that seven-year mark, fast forward another year, I would then join the staff at that same church. And I think my uh, performance issues sort of deepened when I when I got on the team because it was very much a, you know, don't let people see how you feel. You're the leader. You're supposed to set the example. And uh, it sort of deepened this 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 need I had to perform and not be vulnerable with people. And I promise this story is going to end soon, so just hang with me <laughs> if no, you don't mind. It's good. Uh, you know, I transitioned from that church in Nashville to the church where we worked, and I carried a lot of those issues with me, Justin. Uh, you know, when we were working together, you probably didn't realize it, but, you know, I no. was very much so in a, in a performing phase. You know, when I would take the stage to, to speak to the people, I felt like, I had to elevate my voice. I felt like I had to to preach and get the applause. I felt like I had to stir everyone up because I was performing. You know, it's it it, it was it would be a foreign thought for me to get on stage and say to people, you know what, guys, I have really messed up this week. I I, I really need Jesus to come and restore my soul. Is anybody with me? In that, you know, to say something like that and to be that vulnerable before people was so foreign to me. But I think that that's kind of what people are looking for in leadership. So after a, another season of youth ministry, I transitioned out of out of the church world, and then I kind of went on this journey of self discovery. 
uh, I started to really think about, you know, what do I need to do to get to a healthy place? And that kind of led me to this subject of vulnerability. And it's why I want to talk about it today, you know, what it is, what kind of steps we can take as, as, as husbands, as wives, as believers, what kind of steps we can take to become more vulnerable people. Because I think at the end of the day, uh, what it leads to is a more fulfilling life, a more complete life, a more Christ-like life. And so that's why I wanted to dive into this subject today. That's good. That's good. And I heard that word performance, and that struck a accord with me. Uh, that's something I myself struggle with and have struggled with. Um, and so I, I'm, yeah, me too. I'm just, I'm eager to talk about this. So kind of walk us through, you know, what's, you know, some steps that, you know, maybe you've taken or what, what led you to this new revelation? Kind of give us some history of that too. Yeah, well, you know, I was on YouTube of all places and I stumbled across this, you know, YouTube is the source of all inspiration these days. And it, it it may have been one of the suggested videos. I don't even know if I was looking for it. But somehow this video popped up, and it was a TED Talk by a lady. I can't even remember her name, but she was talking about the subject of vulnerability. And she said something to the effect of um, that place that we're avoiding the most is often where we find the greatest fulfillment in life. Hmm. And, you know, it's that it's that insecure place. It's that fearful place. You know, I think a lot of times, I know for me, I do my best to cover up my insecurities and my fears. And and I think what that does is it causes you to keep people at a distance so that they can't see you for who you really are. And so, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time, like you said, performing. I've spent a lot of time hiding behind, uh, you know, the way that I talk, my personality or whatever. And I just got really tired of trying to keep up, uh, keep up the facade, not only in the church world, but in, in my personal relationships and in, in my relationship with my wife. And so I really started to explore uh, this area of vulnerability. And I think that video sort of spurred some thoughts forward. So here's, here's kind of what I did. I took her advice to heart, and I started to kind of be more aware of, of when I was trying to hide or when I was trying to perform. And when I felt that kind of rise up in me, I would make an intentional effort to go ahead and, and reveal the weakness or the insecurity. And by doing so, you know, by pulling it out of the darkness into the light, what it did was that it, it disarmed that thing, and it made me feel a little stronger and a little more complete and a little more satisfied. And so I don't know if I've given you a good definition of vulnerability, but for me, what it's been is just, you know, opening myself up when I feel like I'm trying to hide, pulling the thing out of the darkness, exposing it, and therefore it loses its power and it loses its grip. And I'm still, I mean, I love the name of your podcast. We're getting there. Uh, I by no means am a, and a, I by no means am a professional vulnerable person, but I do want to get there because I do, you know, I do deeply believe that this is the way to the most satisfying life. That's so good, and I, I mean, as as you're talking, um, uh, Melissa and I are looking at each other and just smiling because that's something that we have worked. T 
tirelessly for the past few years, but specifically the last year of just being super, super vulnerable with each other. Um, super honest. Like you said, the, the darkness tends to be more comfortable. And as you were talking about those, those things, those areas where you're least comfortable, those finding fulfillment in, I think that's just, it's been something that we've worked through. Yeah. And I, I think, um, just to kind of add to that, um, this idea of, of being vulnerable with what you say, um, it also translates into being, being okay with something that you need to hear. Like sometimes, sometimes the the wall that we put up or the, the block that we put up or the, or whatever, like I, I know for Justin and I, it's been true that some of the the things that we wouldn't talk about weren't necessarily things that Justin didn't want to want to talk about on his end. There were things that he didn't want to hear about on my end. Like, so there were things that I needed to be able to be open and honest with him about, but because of um, just not wanting to necessarily go down that road, it was difficult for him to even allow me to, allow me the freedom to talk through those things. So I think on one end, it's the opening up to other people. And on the other end, it's um, being vulnerable enough to allow someone to open up to you. And even if that might mean that that's going to sting a little bit or be uncomfortable for you to hear. Yeah. And and this, you know, this idea of vulnerability has, has helped, you know, with my marriage, you guys brought up the interaction that you have between yourselves you know, for me, one of the things that I that I failed at quite early is um, delaying an apology. You know, and I and and the reason I was delaying the apology is because I didn't want to go to my wife and say I was wrong. You were right. I'm sorry. And you know, marriage is a. I don't know anyone that has a marriage where they don't fight. It's kind of it's kind of a package deal. You get married, you get all the the lovey dovey feelings, but you also get the conflict that comes with it. You know, two imperfect people are by nature going to fight with one another. So, you know, whenever my wife and I do fight, one of the ways that I practice vulnerability in our marriage is I try to be the first to apologize, you know, whether I was right or wrong, I, I, I feel like I need to initiate something because I want to be the leader and I want to be the, the most vulnerable vessel possible. And I say this, I've got this little catchphrase in my mind, and that is, you know, whenever we're fighting or whenever I have family tension, I tell myself, you got to choose to lose. You got to choose, you got to choose to lose because so many times, you know, with conflict and family, we want to win the battle. You know, we want to win the argument. But if I'll just decide that I'm going to lose for her sake, in the end, I feel like I end up winning, you know, because she comes around. And now that I have set the vulnerability standard, she feels more comfortable to come to me and, and, and open up and talk about it. I mean, my wife, you guys know her. She She's introverted, reserved, and and slow to speak. And so it's highly important for me to walk in this vulnerability so that she can come to me whenever she, you know, has issues going on. That's good. Yeah, we just actually, uh, last this last episode, um, that's something that we brought up that I felt like if you have someone in your life that's trying to be 
open, vulnerable with you and you you smack their hand right away, um, the chances of them being vulnerable with you again, especially someone like with my personality or your wife's personality, the chances of them turning around and being vulnerable after having that happen to them are slim to none. Yeah. So... Um, so just kind of um, talk um, maybe a little bit about, um, you know, being vulnerable, like you were you were just kind of discussing some of the actions that you've taken, but um, how it, it hasn't, it's not been something that's come naturally. It's been something you've had to work at. So maybe you could talk a little bit and speak to that. Yeah, you know, I'm all about the practical application. If I hear a sermon in church and there's no like application part, I feel like, I've, I've only gotten half of a, a sermon. You know, I need the application. I, n- I need to know how to put it into practice. So I'm all about this sort of segment of the conversation. And um, let me let me just get vulnerable for you guys. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to do this, and I'll, I hope this episode doesn't go viral because I don't I don't like sharing this part of my life. But uh, one of the extreme ways, like back when I first heard this TED talk. One of the extreme ways that I practiced vulnerability was I buzzed my hair off. And uh, let me tell you how, for me, that was a big deal. So my dad lost his hair at a young age. And, you know, in my early 30s, I've started to experience some thinning in the crown area. And my hairline has, has started to recede as I've gotten older. And so I've I've, like, tried to hide it the best I can with the best product that Amazon can, can send me. And I've, I've tried to hide it and hide it. And, and one day I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm just, again, this all links back to tired of hiding, tired of performing. So I just, I just buzzed my hair and, and I showed up for work the next day and everybody looked at me kind of funny, but it was just my little way of saying, I'm going to embrace my weaknesses, my insecurities, those things that I've been running from. I'm going to just expose them to the world. And, you know, I've since grown my hair back out, but for me, that was kind of a, a, an extreme way for me to embrace my insecurities. I don't know if that relates to vulnerability, but I wanted to share it because you can't talk about vulnerability without being vulnerable on the podcast. So that's one, that's sort of one example. Um, you know, there's, there's all this research on, uh, like vulnerable body language and how you can posture yourself in such a way that, that, that makes you feel more open. And so, um, you know, obviously, and I can go over some of that stuff as well, but before I do, let me, let me also say this. I wrote this down in my notes and I, I thought it was worth sharing. You know, if, if someone wants to explore the, the vulnerable life, you know, the first thing they may be tempted to think is I've got to just fake this because I don't feel it. You know, the, the whole fake it, fake it till you make it. And, uh, and this is not about being fake, living a vulnerable life. It's not about being phony in any kind of way. What it is, it's not fake it till you make it. It's more so do it till you become it. You know, you're, you're practicing, uh, you're putting yourself out there. And one, I think one day what happens is you feel like you're becoming more vulnerable. Do you stick, do you see the distinction between faking it and doing it? I just hope that 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 point is driven home. Do you know what I'm saying when I say that? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that actually before you even said that, I was thinking that that's an important, important distinction to make because 
I think that in an attempt to be more vulnerable, people, you know, would maybe force emotion that they're not really feeling or, you know, think that they need to, they need to cry at everything or, or, you know, and, and sometimes, yeah, it's just, it's, it might be subtle and just even just looking for opportunities to be, to be vulnerable. Like, you know, they might not know that it's something they can be vulnerable about, but maybe just, you know, reflecting on, how they're feeling, even if it's not a big deal, um, even just taking little steps to, to, you know, go to your spouse or a friend or, you know, a parent, if you're, you know, if you're close with your parent, whoever, whoever your person is and just say, you know, Hey, I'm feeling a little bit like this. And even if it's not a huge deal, it's still a step towards, um, just being more open and honest. So it's more, more about looking for little opportunities that can get you there. Yeah, and, and the thing about vulnerability is I believe it comes from a healthy place. You know, we're not talking about, you know, you're the person at work that goes around and shares your feelings when nobody is asking how you're feeling. You know, we're not talking about someone that's overly emotional or, you know, this is going to date me a little bit, but back when I was in high school, we had these kids called emo kids. Y'all remember emo kids? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's kind of the picture that comes to mind. Maybe, and, and you, when we were emailing about this podcast, Justin, you asked about some of the myths of vulnerability, and I think this is one of them. I think that, you know, one of the myths is to be vulnerable is to be weak or to be vulnerable is to be overly emotional. And the important distinction is uh, a truly vulnerable person is a strong person. It takes an incredible amount of strength to embrace your weaknesses and your insecurities and just, you know, let people see that stuff. This, we're talking about somebody who is developed, you know, in their maturity. We're talking about somebody that's strong, not somebody that's weak. So when it comes from a healthy place, you know, vulnerability can be this incredible emotional tool to create deep connections with people, you know, and it can, like I said, I've said this over and over, it can help you live a more fulfilling life. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that, you know, that's, that's one of the myths is that, you know, and even in our verbiage, we say that someone is in a vulnerable state. We mean that they're exposed to the elements and maybe they're in like a desperate situation, but when it comes from a healthy place and, and maybe Melissa, you can help speak to this, I don't really know the balance between how much is too much or how far is too far. I just know that there is this there is this place where, you know, you can be strong and healthy and be vulnerable and it can have a profound effect on people and on your own life. Uh, yeah, I would say that um, I've typically, I mean, I've I've been, I've always been a relatively vulnerable person. That's not to pat myself on the back, but I am. I am a, I'm not a, because I am an extrovert and I'm not a feelings uh, stuffer, I guess you could say, um, I, I tend to be honest with people to, I used to be to a point where it was too honest, but I, I feel like I've, you know, become more balanced in my approach and the Holy Spirit has sort of led me to a, a, a better spot with that. But yeah, I think, um, I, you know, speaking as someone who I don't think people would define me as, um, 
weak or overly emotional for sure. But I think, but I feel like people, people would define me as, as vulnerable. And I think that, yeah, there's, you can, there's a definite coupling of vulnerability with strength that, um, yeah, that there, I, you know, there, there, I think there is a point where it's too much, you know, if you're, like you said, if no one's asking you and you're just kind of vomiting your feelings all over, that's not vulnerability. That's just, I don't know if there's a word for that, but <laughs> that's not it. Um, you know, so yeah, I think that just, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, being, being just an honest person and being, being someone who doesn't really shy away from feelings. Um, I would say that, yeah, you're, you're right in that there's a definite strength that goes along with, um, being, being okay with, with, where you're at and being okay with telling people where you're at. Yeah. And I think it's important also to recognize that we live in probably one of the most, uh, cropped, filtered, um, manicured, you know, times in history. You know, you think about social media, which I'm not even on social media for this very reason. This was actually part of my, quest for vulnerability i had to get off of it because i felt like i was a phony but you know the way that the way that people just present the best version of themselves i think further detaches us from this emotion of vulnerability and i i don't know how healthy it is i would venture to say that it's not but um you know if you think about if you think about that imagery of somebody just showing you what they want you to see you know, when I look at that stuff, it doesn't really resonate with me as a human being. It, in fact, it discourages me. You know, if I look at somebody's perfect vacation on Instagram, I feel like, wow, my life sucks compared to theirs. Pardon my language. I'm going to have to check that little podcast. button that says there's language, you know, when you post a podcast now. <laughs> the, the, the S word. But you know what I mean. I think that I think it was Rick Warren who said that your strengths will impress people, but your weaknesses will connect with people. Presenting the best version of yourself and 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 always, you know, making people think that you have the most awesome, optimistic life ever. That, that may impress people, but it doesn't connect with everybody. I think what connects with people is something that's a little more genuine, a little more authentic, a little more real. You know, tell me a little bit about. Justin, you know, some of the, the deepest conversations we've ever had have been when you've talked about the pain of losing your job. You know, you've talked about how am I going to provide for my family? You know, I, I don't know. And and for some reason, that, that sort of vulnerability made me feel like we were a little closer. Sorry. Absolutely. I no, 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 no. I, I just wanted to say, absolutely, I feel exactly the same way. And that's the, the, the most connected as you said you feel to someone is when when they're being just no i've i've got no secrets here's where i'm at and you and i both got to feel and see and and speak the raw feelings that you know probably no one else will ever hear besides our spouses you know uh that that how we were truly feeling at that moment and defeated and all of those you know feelings um and and it did it it brought me like i said and i've uh, and in your intro but 
to speak to it just a bit more, you know, you were that, um, consistent friend. Um, and, and to be honest, I am pretty sure I've said this to you before our relationship, even before that, I would, at least me personally, I would have never guessed that our relationship would be as, as it is now, because we didn't really have that close of a relationship. And then when all, when all everything broke loose, you, you and I did connect and it was, it was what, one of the things that held Mm. me together. Wow. And that's, that's sort of the bright side of adversity, you know, back when everything looked good, we had no reason to be vulnerable, but when Mm. everything hit the fan, it sort of forced us to to um to own our true feelings and to open up to one another. So it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise, you know, when you go through something or things aren't going right, you, you know, it kind of forces this place of vulnerability and it and it can it can really deepen your relationships just like it has with you and I. So, aside from shaving our heads and <laughs> uh not <laughs> and not using photo filters and all that jazz on social media. What are Josh walk us through some more practical, some other practical steps that you think people can take towards um, just, even just little steps towards becoming more vulnerable. Yeah. I, I wrote down kind of some of those steps in, in the major areas of life um, in in our careers you know, one of the things that I've I've tried to practice is asking for help. Um, I work mm-hmm. in an environment where there's a lot going on, and, and I'm not uh, a boss, you know, but I think everybody has some degree of influence. So, you know, with the people that I work with, I try to be quick to ask for help when I don't understand something. And I think that's a little nugget of vulnerability. What I've noticed when I'm in meetings, and, and, and maybe the boss is talking about something that's a little bit over everyone's head. If I stop him and I say, you know what, Leo, that's my boss's name. I say, Leo, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm supposed to understand this stuff, but I don't. Could you explain it a little bit better? And when he does, it it sort of encourages other people to ask questions and open up. And maybe, you know, me saying that, oh, I didn't understand. Maybe they didn't understand too. So it kind of helps everybody in the room. So at work, I think asking for help when you need it, you know, you don't need to go around asking for help for stuff you understand. That doesn't make any sense. But I think we all get to that place where, you know, we, we may be a little confused. We may have to ask somebody for help. Um, in marriage, uh, you know, we talked about choosing to lose, even though, it, you know, it may not be your fault. Go to your spouse first and, and kind of set the stage. This This might be a little too personal, but also – I find it to be very, I find myself in a very vulnerable place when I ask for intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, uh, I think that uh, as guys, we have this romantic idea that and maybe it's not romantic. Maybe it's more animalistic. You know, maybe we, we just want our wives to pounce on us. And that's usually not the state of mind they're in 90% of the time. <laughs> You mean you mean you mean staying home and staying home and taking care of kids doesn't make us feel super sexy? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> you know, guys, guys, we uh, if if we have the desire to be intimate and we ask our wife, it puts us in a vulnerable state. And I think our wives would appreciate that if we did it more often. Uh, so that kind of touches on career and marriage and, and with friends. Uh, one of the things I've tried to do is be the first to call. 
you know, I, I, I used to feel like in college, hey, I'm not calling him until he calls me. I've already called him once. It's his turn. You know, the whole keep and score thing, I don't think helps anybody. So regardless of what the score is, if I feel like I need to connect to somebody, I'm going to call them, even if they've not returned my two or three other calls. It's kind of goofy, but the same with texting. You know, I'll, I'll send through. I'll stack five and six messages on top of each other before somebody texts me back. And I'm learning just to be okay with that. Mm. You know, I think what vulnerability does is it accepts rejection. It accepts it. You know, wow. you know, I, I can, I can be rejected and I can handle it. You know, it's just because I'm strong enough. Again, it's not because I'm. It's just because I've gotten to this place where it, it doesn't. I'm almost getting emotional thinking about it. It just, it just allows you to have the freedom to have friends and to have meaningful relationships because I'm not worried about being rejected. That's Let's great. see. We talked about. Uh, I'll kind of close with this. I know we're getting to that that 30-minute mark. But the body language thing was interesting to me, Um, the way we can posture ourselves to to be more vulnerable and and to allow people to open up to us more. So I guess one of the first things that I learned was the hands. So, like, if you look at at the backside of your hands and then you flip them over and look at your palms – your eyes uh, naturally relax when you see the inside of someone's hand. And so when you're when you're talking and when you're gesturing, this openness, you know, when I show when I'm talking with sort of the inside of my hands, it says to people, maybe in a subliminal way, that I'm open to you, I'm receptive to what you have to say. Speaking of the hands, you know, whenever they're out and they're visible, it also sends a signal that we're open versus when we put them in our pocket. Uh, when we when we put our hands in our pocket, what we're doing is we're kind of hiding a little bit. Mm-hmm. So when I'm in a conversation, I, I, and I think about this, stuff, and it, it kind of drives you crazy at first, but after you do it for a little bit of time, it becomes natural. I've got to I've got to force my hands out of my pocket, and I've got to gesture with my hands in a way that demonstrates trust. Um, you know, again, you don't want your arms folded. That says I'm closed off to you. Whenever you're sitting and talking to someone, you want to avoid self-petting. Like, like mm-hmm. I had a conversation with my <laughs> my office manager just yesterday, and she was running her fingers through her hair. She was rubbing her neck. She was, you know, she was rubbing her hands together, picking at her fingers. And I felt uncomfortable as she was sitting there doing that. <laughs> what that said to me was, you don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking to somebody, you know, I just want to be as – as natural as possible, and I want to face, you know, their direction. And and I think what posturing yourself does, you know, your body kind of sends a signal to your brain, and it says, "I'm open to you." And 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 so, you know, I've I've sort of I've, I've tried to. I don't get this right. I'll, I'm still guilty of talking with my hands in my pocket, but I try to position my body in such a way that says, "I'm open and I'm vulnerable." You know, so we've talked a little bit about family, career, we've talked about friends, and now, you know, we're even down to the way your body moves. So I don't think you can get and much you, more practical than that. 
And do you know, and, and do you think that I was just, as you were talking, do you think that that has something to do with, um, you just natural nerves when you're talking and, 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 you know, maybe that, that manager, she was struggling with some nerves and then maybe I, just in, in that same answer, your vulnerability creating comfort for the other person. Does that, do you, do you find that? Have you, have you found that in talking? I don't think I could say it any better than you just said it. You're exactly right. And that's why, you know, when I see, if I see, like in that example with my manager, if I see that she is uncomfortable, it is that much more important for me to be vulnerable because it's going to put her at ease and disarm her. Mm. You know, and I want to, I want to be like that in every interaction. I mean, sometimes, you know, if I have a employee review with my boss and I'm on the other side of the table and he's talking to me and I feel nervous, you know, What I'm trying to say is I can never control or we can never control the vulnerability of the other person. But if we can present ourselves in that way, it is always disarming. No matter the power dynamic or the position that you have, it's always easier to talk to a vulnerable person because, you know, you're not wondering what they're thinking because they're open. You feel like they're safe because you can sense their weakness or you can sense that they don't have it all together. I just think that, I just think that, um, this way of living and this way of being is good for everybody. That's so good. That's great. Well, Josh, I, I know we have, we, I think we need to do this again because we have, <laughs> we, we, we could go for another hour easy. Um, but I just want to say thank you for taking the time away from your family, um, to talk to us. And it means a lot to, to Melissa and I, to have you as a friend and to have you on our podcast. And, um, we're also, I was also uh, getting a bit emotional talking about some of this stuff. So, um, it was great. And, and thanks again. Hey, way to practice vulnerability by telling me that you're getting emotional. I think you have learned something tonight. I have, you know, and I, I do the, I did the hand thing, and it was so true of what you were saying. I was sitting here as you were talking. It reminds me of that scene on The Office where Jim and Pam have to say, "I tr- I appreciate you thinking of me or whatever." Their truths, yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thanks again, and um, it, I will uh, we'll be catching up with you here soon. Awesome. Y'all have a great night. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks. We'll see ya. Thanks. Well, that was just a really good, that was so good. Yeah. Like, I think that we, um, we just forget how important that is. And I think, I think sometimes we get carried away, even you and I, when we're chit-chatting about things to not, to, to talk about practical steps and ways to do stuff. So I'm really glad that Josh was able to talk us through some, just some really practical ways to, to, to start becoming a more vulnerable person. And, um, I can, I could say a million times over how much that one thing has changed our marriage for the better. Um, just being able to be honest and speak our truth and, and, uh, 
Yeah, it was really good. And really it carries good. over into all relationships. That's the part that just really got me. I was thinking yeah. about examples at my work mm-hmm. that as he was speaking, just um, I, I mentioned to you about the the tape measure thing mm-hmm. as, as he was talking as there was a guy in um, and he was he casually mentioned, oh, you know, you can just do this with your tape measure. And it was a way to get divisions in your tape measure. And uh, the gentleman who was standing with me said, oh, yeah, yeah. And I go. I have no idea what you're talking about. You're going to have to show me. And he showed us. And when he left, the other guy goes, I'm glad you said that because I literally had no idea what he was talking <laughs> about. Because so and, and so he's right. Your vulnerability, it just loosens people. It makes them feel more comfortable. And they're usually thankful. And yeah. And that, you know, when Josh was talking, he was saying that, you know, when him and his wife are, when him and Megan are, are fighting or whatever, him being the first one to go. And uh, I think that that, that can translate everywhere if you're the first one to be to be vulnerable if you're the first one to open yourself up it it relaxes other people or you know breaks down kind of their wall or their facade or whatever else they have going on that you know it can help do that too so and we've said that in our communication with others if we've been helping counsel or things we'll say usually it's that oh well I'll do this when they do that but in reality when you go first when yeah. you die to yourself first yeah that's the time that it usually breaks down those walls yep well this has been awesome um, I'm gonna wrap us up here thanks for listening um, everyone who's listened um, we have had such a great time doing this and it's gonna just continue to get e- even better um, and so thank you for supporting us. Um, if you have any interest in getting in touch with us, we already had someone reach out to us via email. Um, and our email is we're getting their podcast at gmail.com. That's W E R E getting their podcast at gmail.com. If you have anyone that you would like to hear on the show, would think would be good on the show. If you have questions or comments, we'd love to hear it. We'd love to get some feedback from you guys. So again, thanks for listening and have a great week. We will talk with you soon.